Good morning, everybody. Thank you for Kim for the extra <laughs> hand clap. Uh, it's good to see everyone. I, I, I want to welcome you to the Vineyard Church here in person and online. I, I'm glad uh, we are uh, able to worship together. And I do want to express, and I mentioned this last week, that um, we are trying to create our service um, you know, equally the same for those in person and for everyone online. So things are looking a little bit different, but we are trying to create something that is uh, accessible for, for our entire church community. Um, so while I am happy that we are worshiping together here in person, um, I do know that it is best, thank you, for some of us, uh, that it, it is best because of your, because of your health or, 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 or other reasons that you worship from home. And so we actually really want to encourage that. Um, and, and for those, you're, just, you're not quite comfortable coming in, in public yet. And we totally affirm the decision to worship from home, um, depending on your, 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 um, your circumstance or, or what's going on with your family. And so I want you to know that we completely affirm those decisions uh, of worshiping from home with us. And we've done things to make it accessible. And so um, as, as we start with that, um, I, just, I, I want to bring those things up and name those things as we, as we, can talk, as we continue forward week to week, figuring out what, what church looks like. Um, so before we dive into the message for today, uh, there's a couple quick things we need to talk about. Well, first, uh, I want to talk about our policies right now as far as having church in person. Um, so the staff has has met to, to, to create these policies, and the board has, has approved, approved these policies with a couple of additions. And so there are six things I want to talk about very quickly, uh, and then we will uh, we'll move on. So the first thing I want is I want to ask everyone to abide by the policies we put in place. Everything we're done, that we have done and that we are doing, is to keep everyone safe and to keep those you interact with safe. And so that is our, our, our first and utmost motive in everything we're doing. Um, second thing I want to mention is, uh, for those, many of you may not know that uh, I'm, I'm immunocompromised, and uh, I've also had a lifelong respiratory issues. And so, uh, as such, I will be keeping my distance from, from most people. I'm gonna limit my interaction during this time. And so, I, I want to make you aware of that, just so you know I'm not avoiding you, I'm not intentionally kind of hiding away. I've actually nearly died once because of my immune system, so I just have to be extra careful. Cool? All right. Uh, number three, a quick reminder. If you sneeze or cough, because it is allergies are starting to pick up again right now, uh, please do so in your elbow or shoulder. I think because we, we have a mask on, we think that that's going to be enough. It's actually not because of the extra force. Um, it, it, it doesn't stop everything, so it's still important even with your mask on, that you sneeze in your elbow or shoulder. Um, and then the last, last couple things, um, we have a tendency after service to kind of socialize and hang out, which is a big part of, of what we want to do. But we need to do that outside, still distance. Um, and so I just, I just want to make that reminder because uh, we still have a um, lot to do in here. Um, f uh, and so the last two things, we're taking role of who's here. Now I mentioned that, that this is for internal use only, and it's only in the case of someone getting sick so we can notify people and if needed, uh, do contact tracing uh, for the Department of Health. That is the only reason why we're keeping a roll, but I didn't want to let you know that that's happening. Um, and then finally, and this is really, really important, if you get sick and have COVID-related symptoms, please inform the office immediately, okay? 
Um, it's not about waiting to get a test because that actually may not happen. You may not be able to get tested. So if you have symptoms, please let us know right away. We consult with health professionals and we're, we're gonna make the best decision um, based out of that. But if someone does get sick, we will have to suspend in-person services again. And so we, we, we do need to know that. And then we're just gonna regroup from there and take a step-by-step. -step. Cool? All right. So today for our capital campaign is our big give day. Sam just shared kind of a personal story of what it was like living in a food desert. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that, that it not only exists um, in our community in Baton Rouge, but, but, but not far from us. And so we've talked about what we're doing and why. We've asked everyone to prayerfully consider a response and to walk in faith as we look to transition to the next season of our church. And we are transitioning into a new season of our church. Um, Kim and I have done the same thing. We've prayed and, and, and we've considered what we're going to do, and, and we're responding with you. This isn't just me asking. Um, we're, we're standing in it with you. And, uh, you know, as a final reminder, we are, we are raising funds for four key areas. We, we had some unexpected costs. Uh, we kind of are in the first phase of our broadcast right now for live stream, but there's still some things that we can't do that we want to be able to do. Um, uh, the Resource Center, which we talked about, and, and securing our future, um, and, and, and keeping our, our, our staff intact and, and keeping our, our, our ability to, to move forward with the team we have now is really important. Um, so you can give whenever, but by focusing on today as our big gift day, we can proceed with confidence. The staff and board can proceed with confidence knowing, okay, this is what we have and we can take the next steps. So I, I do want to have a, a reminder for those who, who can't right now, who are struggling financially, um, or you're kind of giving all you can, I don't want you to feel any kind of pressure to, you know, to, to, to give out of, out of what you don't have, but, but, but to, to, to walk with Jesus and, and to just let him guide you in this, but not to feel pressured to do something that you shouldn't, that, that, that you can't do, okay? All right. So if you need more details on that, if you missed what we've talked about, there's a video online at vineyardbr.org slash giving that has a video I did to talk about the capital campaign. All right. So as we dive into our message for today, um, there's a couple things you should know uh, online. If, as Dan said, if you missed the video that Nikki gave, there's a link in the description. Now this is important because we don't have, we don't have children's church right now. We don't, we don't have youth right now. And so we still want to be able to engage. That's still uh, a population that's really important for us. So every week, uh, Nikki, our children's director, is putting together uh, content to equip our parents with uh, continuing the faith, uh, faith formation of your children. And so that's gonna be available every week. And then um, Dan already mentioned the PowerPoint is available if you do wanna follow along. So we began this series last week uh, called Living in the Divine, Actively Being With and Responding to the Spirit. And so last week we, we looked at the scripture, John 14, uh, 15 to 27, and, and we're going to come back to this passage again this week. We're going to come back to it again in, in a couple weeks. There's just a lot packed into these, to these 12 or so verses. So let's look at verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Verse 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
So I want to talk about our, our identity as, as, as a community of faith right now. Our identity as a body of believers is, is, is an identity of people who reflect the image of God, who reflect the character of Christ as we partner with the Holy Spirit to see shalom in our lives, in our families, in our community, and in, in our city. At times, during trials and, and, and difficulties, it's easy to lose sight and to lose who we are and, and who we are becoming. You know, as we're dealing with difficulties, all of our focus and effort goes into managing that difficulty. It goes into just trying to get through. And so I get it, right? That's a, that's a natural thing we, we deal with. But what we have to do is often be reminded about who we are and what we're called to do. And so I'm talking about this, I'm talking about us as a group. So there's an individual response, right? There, there, is a, there is an individual response to this, but even that individual response is in the context of the group. We're talking about our, our group identity as a body of believers. So it says, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This is Jesus talking to the disciples in verse 20. And so we have here this, this picture that Jesus is creating of God as community. So one of the first things we understand about God is that God himself is actually a God of community. And so Jesus shows this as, as he talks about himself being in his Father and the Father in him. But we also see that in the beginning, during creation, what does it say? Let us make this. Let us do that. Who's God talking to? Us? No. He's talking to the community of God. And so we have God as community. And then we see the second layer of community with Jesus and the disciples. And so Jesus had a community of disciples, of Peter and John and James and Mary and Martha and, and the disciples that he, that, that, that he cultivated. And that was a community. And then we have this third layer of community. After God and Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit in the church. Jesus left so that he could come in the Holy Spirit and the church is a different community. And so the community of God established his rightness and justice through the community of Jesus and the disciples. And through that, that's supposed to be extended through that, that kingdom of rightness and justice is to be extended through the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have these three levels of community with a singular focus and a singular mission, but that all exists within one another. This is our identity as a community of believers, to express the rightness and justice of God. You with me so far? Okay. So he then says in verse 27, my peace I leave with you. No, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. We are called to be agents of peace. Like Jesus didn't say, he didn't just say, I give you peace. He said, I give you peace. My peace I give to you. It is, it is an action. Is it an expression? It is saying, I am I am giving you this peace. We have a responsibility to dole out peace everywhere we go. 
We are agents of peace. Okay, so one of my favorite genres of movies, television, and books are espionage thrillers. I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I just love this, this, this whole intelligence game, and, and, and there's this agent that, that, that does the impossible to, 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 to right or wrong. And so as, as I think about us as agents of peace, I think about us doing the impossible because without Christ, it is, it is impossible to create peace where there's so much disunity. Let's look at Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul says, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond and peace. So, as I reflect on our church and, and, and people in our church, as, I, as, I re, as I've been observing and reflecting on the church at large, you know, the, the church throughout Baton Rouge and the church throughout the world, We've struggled with our unity lately. We, we've struggled to put someone else above ourselves. We've struggled to hear one another. Like, is it okay to name that? Is it okay to just admit that, that we've struggled with that? And that that, that that is a clear thing that's going on right now within the church? You know, the thing is, if there's any place that should happen first, it's It's here. If there's any place where unity occurs first, it's, 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 it's here, not in this building, but amongst this body. And so unity doesn't mean being silent or ignoring the things that divide us. That's often how we interpret it. We just mean, oh, well, this person disagrees, so you just, you just shut up and you don't say anything, and, and, and that's just it. That's not what it means. It means listening to one another and actively working towards peace, actively working towards understanding one another. Because it's not just unity for the sake of unity. God put other people in our lives and put, puts a, a diverse set of friends and communities in our lives for a reason. Now, I have a secret to share with you. Are you ready? I don't know everything. Yes, it's true. I don't actually know everything. I don't have the perfect view. My worldview isn't the best view, not the most accurate. Despite popular opinion, I'm not right about everything. Now, part of that popular opinion doesn't include my wife. She figured that out right away. This is the thing. We have to continually seek God on what is right and just. And that often means changing our own thoughts of what that means. You see, we have our own view on what, what, is, what is right. What is righteous here? What is the right thing to do here? We have our own view. As, what, is, what does it mean to make this just? But that has to be constantly being modified. If it's not, then that means we believe we have the perfect view. But if we can acknowledge that we don't, we can actually learn 
and really learn from God and also learn from others through God. Learn from the people that he put in our lives to learn from and let that change us. Let, so that we can become more well-rounded, so that we become more like Christ. And if you think that, it's like, well, how is that biblical? You just have to look at, like, the whole history of this thing. Jesus and the disciples were, were a bunch of people that did not belong together, that did not have the same view on the world, and yet they were formed into Christ by their community together. The early church, the first churches all throughout the history of the early church were a group of people that did not belong together, that had very different opinions on what life was supposed to be like. And yet the church blossomed and there was fruit from the Spirit because they bore with one another, they forgave one another, and they continued to seek understanding with each other. And look, it's hard, right? I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to pretend like this isn't a hard thing. Yes, it's hard. But if we can do this, we can actually demonstrate what it means for people outside of our community of faith, what it means to see fruit of the Spirit of the living God. Like when people look at us and they see a, a, a unified group of people that otherwise wouldn't be unified, what does that say to them? Oh, wait, maybe this Jesus is real. And when we can't, then we also can't show it outwardly. We also can't demonstrate what God is asking us to demonstrate. Christ is all and is in all. That one line from Paul in Colossians, Christ is all and is in all. If we just reflect on that, it'll guide us this way. In verse 12 of, that, of where he said that in Colossians 3, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. It's just such a beautiful picture that is painted right here that binds them together in perfect unity. Uh, a couple months ago, I had a, I was talking with a very, a very close friend of mine, and we had a, a, a disagreement, we'll call it, <laughs> over some, some core beliefs that didn't feel good. And so we ended up talking later on that night. And, um, now, part of it was a misunderstanding in the conversation. But, but the big thing that came out was that, okay, we don't agree on this, and wherever that leads us in our lives, that, that we can go differently, but that cannot impact our friendship. Our friendship is way too important to let this belief, which is an important belief, but to let this divide us. And so we started down that, down that conversation, and so we kind of we vowed that to one another, but then it, it, then it went beyond that. It was like, well, wait a minute, 
we know other people in our circles that have this same struggle, that have this same core disagreement. If we can figure out a way to reconcile with ourselves how to do that in the midst of our friendship, maybe, just maybe, we can help others do the same. And so all of a sudden it went from fear and dread to brotherly love, excitement, and, and, and mission that, that this disagreement didn't, didn't, isn't actually the thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead a little bit. And I want to talk about like our Christ-centered life. Because we, we say that Christ is our center, right? And, and I believe it when we say it. But saying it and often actually living that out are, are two different things. Because our natural response, it's just a, a cultural thing. It's, it's the way we live right now. Our natural response is for us to be in the center. And I'm pretty sure that's true for everyone. And so to actually live Christ-centered, we have to daily take ourselves out of the center and, like, put Christ there. What does it say in the Scripture? Take up your cross daily and follow me? Well, part of that is actually taking ourselves out of the center and putting Christ and the sinner. And then when we do that, we can do what Colossians says. But when we don't, operating as one body is near impossible. You know, fear, pride, and unhealthy anger disrupt bearing and forgiving one another. They disrupt hearing one another. I guarantee, I, I can't guarantee it, but just think about, think about the last 10 huge issues of, of, of disagreement or, or disunity you had. I, I, I can almost guarantee that fear, pride, or unhealthy anger was some, somewhere in the middle of that. And so I'm going to speak for me right now. I know for me, often what happens is, is if I have like a core disagreement with someone, um, or even if it's not core, if it's just a general disagreement, sometimes I can feel rejected. Like, oh, they don't, they don't agree with me, so they reject me. And on the other side, if I find someone who does, I, I feel affirmed. Does anybody else relate to that? Cool, just me. Okay, great. Um, oh, I got one person. I got one person. Okay, so it's not just me. So what happens then? If, if I'm faced with this disagreement and I know I'm going to feel rejected afterwards, then I, how do I respond? I respond in fear. I don't want to feel that way. I respond in anger because I'm feeling rejected. And, and all the things that come out of that, right? And in the same way, if I know that over here I'm going to be affirmed, I tend to stay over here because it feels better. Now, there's actually like some neuroscience behind that, and I'll share it one day later, but we don't have time right now. It's, it's, and so I feel better over here, so I'm going to stay over here, and I'm going to stay in this vacuum where I don't have to be challenged. But... If I don't see it as either rejection or affirmation, but just see it as someone disagreeing as God's way of trying to get my attention and maybe he wants to say something to me and, and through this person, just maybe, I don't have to worry about those feelings. I don't have to worry about being rejected because I know I can grow through this. Y'all with me? All right. So don't be afraid to acknowledge it. I know I need to at times. You know, sometimes we hold so tightly to something that, that we suffocate ourselves. But when we release it, we give room for the Spirit to renew us with peace 
humility, patience, and kindness for everyone. All right, let's look at a couple practical tips. Well, I still have the kids' attention. Well, some of them anyway. Some have left. <laughs> Number one. All right, so it's time for a heart check, like a genuine heart check. Consider your, your evolving and expanding community. And so what I mean by that is consider yourself as an individual or, or with your spouse, your immediate family, your friends, your church, and like think about all the communities you're involved in. And, and I want you to reflect on that and take note of how your heart is oriented towards Christ-like unity. How is your heart oriented in all these different communities? And just, we got to take a pulse of it right now. And where there are issues, where you find yourself seeing issues, where God brings up issues for you, bring that to him and seek his way and his call for these situations. Okay, number two. Find one way. Now, don't wait for it. Don't be like, okay, well, when, when the opportunity presents itself, when this person comes to me, no, no, no. Go find one way to be an agent of peace this week. Start with an easy area. Don't, 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 don't go for the, for the home run right away. Start with an easy area and look for a way to be an agent of peace. And then work your way towards the more difficult areas. Through the power of the Spirit. When I say work, I'm saying working through the power of the Spirit. And just be active and engage with practicing peace. Okay, right now, Dan's going to come up and he's going to lead us into communion.